The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Welcome into the latest edition of The Scoop Podcast, presented by PPG. I'm Michelle Cracchiolo. Last week, the Penguins hosted the U.S. and Canadian women's national teams for a unique joint training camp at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. They practiced all week leading up to exhibition games on Friday, November 8th and Sunday, November 10th, which were played in front of sold-out, standing-room-only crowds. Team USA's roster included 15 members from the 2018 Olympic gold medal team, and I got the chance to sit down with two of them, Captain Kendall Coyne-Schofield and forward Kelly Panic, for today's episode. Both of these women have already accomplished so much in their hockey careers. Coyne-Schofield played college hockey at Northeastern, winning the Patty Kazmaier Memorial Award her senior year as the top female player in the country after leading the NCAA with 50 goals in 38 games. As a member of the U.S. women's national team, the 27-year-old has played in seven world championships, nine Four Nations Cups, and three world under-18 championships. She won a silver medal at the 2014 Olympics in Sochi and helped lead Team USA to their first gold medal in 20 years in Pyeongchang. Oh, and she made history as the first woman to compete in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition back in January when she participated in the Fastest Skater event. Meanwhile, Panic played her college hockey at Minnesota, where she served as team captain in the 2018-19 season. That was her redshirt senior year after taking the previous year off to win a gold medal in her Olympic debut. At 24 years old, Panic is one of the young members on Team USA's roster. The forward has played in two world championships, two Four Nations Cups, and one world under-18 championship. This was an incredible opportunity to talk hockey with some of the best players in the world. So without further ado, here's Kendall Coyne-Schofield and Kelly Panic in the latest episode of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. Kendall, thank you so much for, for joining me on this podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Michelle. Really excited to be here. Awesome. And, and Kelly, thank you as well. I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you for the first time and, and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, this should be fun. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. So right now we're at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex where the Penguins are hosting Team USA and, and Team Canada for a joint week-long training camp. And guys, just what have you thought of the setup here so far? Yeah, it's been excellent. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have definitely opened their arms to us. And you know, it's a, it was a little bit of a last-minute situation with the Four Nations Cup being canceled, Team Sweden boycotting the tournament, and then the Swedish Federation canceling the tournament uh, led us here to Pittsburgh. And uh, for us as being a part of the U.S. Women's National Team. Anywhere we play on home soil, we call home. So this is our home for the week, and uh, it's been an excellent couple days so far, and we're really excited for the games. Kendall, I know this isn't your first time in Pittsburgh. You were actually here as part of the NBC Sports broadcast team when the Penguins hosted Tampa Bay back in January. Just what was that experience like? Because I talked to you before, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you after. I mean, just how much fun did you have between the benches? Oh, it was a surreal experience. It was an awesome game. But just to be behind um, the mic for the first time, to see the game from a different lens. And broadcasting has always been something I've been interested in. Um, but to be able to try and do it and while I'm still playing and see the game from a different lens was really awesome. And, um, you know, I've said it before while we've been here in Pittsburgh, while we're all fans of whatever teams we might be, I think we all have so much respect for the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby. I would say he's our version of Wayne Gretzky in our era. And so I think, you know, you just watch what he's done for this game and the way he's transcended. I think we're all extremely excited to be here in Pittsburgh. Well, you actually got the chance to play with his sister Taylor at Northeastern. And I remember he told me that he, he tried going to games when the Penguins were in Boston. Did you guys know when he would be at games? 
He did come to one of our games. It might have been against UNH. We might have won. We might have played really good. We might have seen him in the stands. Um, so I don't know if Taylor necessarily told us that he was coming or it was just, you know, not a full building and someone stood out more than others and we knew the Penguins were in town. Um, but, no, we, he. I do remember him coming to one of our games and uh, it was just – it was really cool for us and obviously it's something extremely normal for Taylor, but I think for us in the women's hockey game to see the support from the NHL players, um, it, it means a lot because it validates what we do. Uh, we're all huge fans of them, and so to see their support reciprocated in that way was really cool. Well, so I know you grew up a Blackhawks fan in Chicago. Kelly, being from Minnesota, did you grow up a Wild fan? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, actually, me and a few other girls that are from Minnesota on the team now, um, got to be like the person that skates the flag out at the beginning of the game. And I think I was like at the old end of it, so I was in like fifth grade, like way past like when it's cute. <laughs> but but yeah, ever since like growing up, going to the XL Energy Center, and it's a great atmosphere to see games, and now also continuing um, past my youth days. But yeah, it's been great to see that to see that venue and, and that team have success and struggle at times, but hopefully we're trending upwards. <laughs> yes. Well, so you being from Minnesota, you being from uh, Illinois, both, I think, hockey hotbeds, but still, I mean, girls hockey is, is always growing. I mean, so how did you guys first get started playing in your respective hometowns? Yeah, I, I asked my dad. Um, I'm one of four. I'm the third. So neither of my older siblings played. I would just roll a rollerblade around in our, in our house and in the neighborhood. And then I asked my dad to play. He played growing up. Um, so I think he was pretty excited when I was the first one to, to pick up the skate or lace the skates and kind of took off from there. And luckily for Minnesota, there's, I think, a ton of resources as, in comparison to other states, um, especially as you get older into high school. Playing high school hockey, I think, is a great experience for Minnesota. It's different in other states, but um, something that I think we're really proud of and um, the numbers that we have that are growing women's hockey and girls' hockey is, is pretty cool to see. And what Kelly won't tell you about herself is she was equally as talented, if not more talented from what I hear in soccer, which is hard to do. We're talking about an Olympian here. And I've heard from through the grapevine, through our other teammates from Minnesota. Were you Miss Soccer for Minnesota? Yeah, yeah they do that. Yeah, um, yeah it happens. Um, no big deal. She, had, like as, <laughs> she had as many Division One scholarship offers in soccer as she did hockey. So yeah, she's not going to brag each. about herself, but I will. And I watch her play soccer during warm-up, and I just – watch I don't join so it's funny you say that because I did want to do some superlatives with you guys about your teammates Ooh. later in the episode but one of the questions was who is most likely to be a pro athlete in a different sport is I it would, Kelly I would say Kelly or Lee Steckline yeah Lee could probably do a lot of things though like she's like she could be a swimmer I swear like she kind of has that body type too <laughs> um yeah yeah I, mean, I, I, I would say Kelly Lee, the Lambs are also good at soccer. Yeah. The twins. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky that I, I – now it's, like, it's been five or six years since I've played soccer, but when I first was on the team, it was, like, three, four years ago, so I felt <laughs> still pretty fresh. I don't know. If I had a year of training, I could maybe be in the very bottom tier of it. Yeah. Well, what is the pregame soccer situation like for you guys? Oh, um <laughs> – Yes, I'm pointing to Kelly right now. We're not. We're not. Um, I know a lot of teams. A lot of men's teams do like sewer, where it's like a competition and it's the last one. We've kind of done that, but we're more inclusive. Um, we like to like we are inviting of all talent levels. <laughs> if Kendall ever wanted to play, she could. I'm smarter she than that. She sticks to the football throwing. Um, Wait, football throwing? 
Yeah, that's awesome. You guys do that time. for games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like to run a few routes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So you could be a, a wide receiver in football if you were a pro athlete. She'd probably be a running back, you know, yeah. the speed. That's amazing. So, Kendall, what's your story behind how you got started playing hockey? Yeah, so I started skating when I was three years old. Uh, I have an older brother, Kevin, who's three years older than me, and he was just a rambunctious little kid that my parents put in all different sports, and uh, hockey being one of those. My dad always tells a story. He signed us up in a hut, and the rink was outside, and it was the rink actually opened in 1992 in my hometown, and so he signed us up, and well, he signed my brother up, and then I was brought to the rink to watch my brother, and I said, I want to do what he does. And my parents got me figure skates uh, because over 25 years ago, girls were definitely not in hockey skates or playing hockey for what we could see. Right. And so after a week in figure skates, I complained because I was on a different ice. My skates were a different color, and I just wanted to do what he did, and I wanted to be like my brother. And so after a week, I got hockey skates. And, um, you know, it's actually crazy being here in Pittsburgh. Uh, the coach who taught me how to skate in the Learn to Skate program, Bob Arturo, uh, currently here is in Pittsburgh running the Little Crosby's program. Wow. Um, so he literally taught me how to skate from picking up toys. So we, we would call it blue dot, red dot, green dot. Um, and it's really cool. He's in Pittsburgh, and he's going to come out to the games and uh, w watch me play. And Can he teach us how to skate, too, <laughs> for us less fortunate in the speed department? <laughs> you could ask him. <laughs> I might have to. It's just amazing to think that little girls in Pittsburgh, I mean, because obviously you're one of the fastest players in the world, male or female. So to know that, like, they could work with the person who worked with one of the fastest players in the world is a really cool thing. A crazy connection, I feel like. It just shows you how small the hockey world is a little bit, that there's those connections kind of all over the place, even though you're from Illinois, but someone in Pittsburgh is is helping coach here. Abs cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really cool for the, the girls and the boys that he skates with on a daily basis here in Pittsburgh to recognize, like, hey, I skated with her when I was when she was three and four and five <laughs> right. years old. and. Here I am now working out with the next generation and the, that generation that we care so deeply about. And so I'm really excited for him to come out and be able to watch watch me play as a complete <laughs> hockey player, hopefully. Um, he did come to my game when Northeastern played Robert Morris. Awesome. And so that was the first time uh, I've seen him in, I mean, now that I'm an adult since I was yeah. like a baby. <laughs> so that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was it like for you guys growing up playing in your in your respective hometowns? Did you play on boys' teams? Did you play on girls' teams? Just what was that like for you guys? Yeah, I um, played boys all the way through seventh grade, and then in eighth grade I made the jump to play high school girls. Um, but that's kind of where I think a lot of my Minnesota people, that was kind of their journey as well. Um, now it's great, though, because these young girls, they're able to play girls' hockey. Right. And it's competitive, and there's a lot of teams to play, and there's different levels. It's not just, oh, here's a U12B team that's co-opted with a few different cities. Um, right. It's their hometown. So, but yeah, I played boys, um, which I actually am really grateful for. I think it is a part of my game that I wouldn't have had if I had played girls. Yeah. Because um, I was kind of on that border where some people were playing girls. but um, Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, it's shaped the hockey player I am, but it's also great to see now the growth of the game that girls are able to get those same skills and have the same speed of the game and the puck handling and the control and while playing with their friends growing up. Exactly. What about you, Kendall? Yeah. My route was pretty similar, uh, predominantly boys, um, and simply because there wasn't a girls' option. Right. Um, I grew up, and I, I grew up playing for the Chicago Mission, and a lot of people know of that organization now, but I always tell everyone, when I started, there was a U14 team and a U19 team, and I was 15. I go, so I played with the U19 team. It wasn't necessarily playing up or 
whatever you know people want to label it as it was these were the only opportunities that were available at the time and now this program has grown exponentially since I was in high school and um, I think that's the case for a lot of us on the women's national team is that we played boys hockey either because we were alongside our brothers or there were simply no girls options yeah and so it's been it's been amazing for me to grow up in this sport and to look back now and see all of these girls being able to play girls hockey from the time they start till the time they finish exactly. and I, even my younger sister who's not that much younger than me she played <laughs> right. predominantly girls hockey and because she had the opportunity to do so and so I think our group is is very passionate about continuing to create that those opportunities and I think USA Hockey is as well there's been a huge emphasis on the grassroots level growing the girls game in the United States and um, I know we're proud to fight for that every day as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I agree with you, Kelly, in the sense that, like, I grew up playing boys hockey too until I was Bantams, I think, like, 13. And I remember it was, like, I have a clear memory of, like, we did this drill at center ice where everybody lined up around, and you just had to pick someone, ch hit them, and just charge at them. And I remember yeah. I was like, I'm going to pick the biggest guy. Like, I'm going to oh, show yeah. them they can't push me around, this and that. I always wanted to be at the front of every line and just showing these boys, you know, I'm as good as them. Then also you're getting dressed. And it's like, all right, where do I go today to get dressed? Do I go to a yeah. referee room? Do I go to the women's bathroom? It was so, like, lonely and isolating, right? It still is. 100% <laughs> still is. I still change in the women's bathroom majority of the time. And that's those are the things that are frustrating and that exactly. need to change. And, you know, you can't even call it a boys team anymore because a lot of the teams that are considered boys teams, there's 10 girls and there's 10 boys. Right. So there has to be two locker rooms. It's not the 10 girls going to the bathroom because this <laughs> right. is a boys team. And it's still, totally you know, the agree. situation that a lot of a lot of us are experiencing, myself included. Um, there's definitely rinks that I've grown up, grown up in that are much more accommodating, but ones that, you know, when I travel around and I'm trying to get some ice, Oh, sorry, there's no locker room. Yeah, that's crazy right. that some people still aren't like, oh, you play. And you're like, yeah, I, I play hockey. And yeah. then, like, even people that don't know who Kendall is walking to rink, it's like she is one of the best players in the world. Exactly. Regardless of her gender. And that's, exactly. It's, it's crazy still. Yeah, and I mean, I think this is a great opportunity this week. Marie-Philippe Poulin, it's, it's just she's been called the Sydney Crosby women's hockey, and it's just, like, crazy to think that she's just walking around, you know, in this rink and not even getting close to the same amount of attention that Sidney Crosby gets on a daily basis, even though mm -hmm. she's kind of on that same level. And obviously he's such a big deal in this town. So, yeah, it's just amazing that, you know, you're having camps like this, showcases like the ones you guys are having um, to really just keep adding on to the exposure that you guys are getting. Because like you said, Kendall, you have to see it to be it, as, as Billie Jean King had that quote. And I think it's, it's a really, really great quote and just so applicable to what's going on right now. Absolutely. And we need to continue to build that platform for fans to see us. Unfortunately, that platform isn't as large as, say, the NHL's platform. So, you know, we're here this week, which is incredible. Like I said, it's it's home soil for us for the week, whether we're from Pittsburgh or not. And we're excited to showcase our game, Canada and the U.S., in front of all these people who might not have ever seen women's hockey before. Right. Um, I heard a lot of these comments from people after the All-Star weekend saying, I've never seen a person with a ponytail skate in hockey equipment before. And it's 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 comments like that where it it shows how far we have to go in the women's game. And so to be able to be here, be alongside the Pittsburgh Penguins, and to showcase our game is an incredible opportunity. And that's what we keep trying to build, and we keep trying to grow. And hopefully one day we have a platform where women's hockey isn't relevant only every four years to the 
to the normal fan at the Olympic Games because we're working every single day and we want to showcase that product uh, product every single day. But we need the support like the Pittsburgh Penguins are showing us this week to be able to do that. And we will have these buildings full on Friday and Sunday. Um, and hopefully we'll bring back two W's. Yeah, always the goal. <laughs> I know. I love when someone asked you what you wanted to accomplish this week and you said to win. I was like, boom, drop the yeah. mic, walk away. We don't get to play that many games, especially – well, we're we'll going to play like a lot against Canada when people see us. But um, otherwise, like especially this year, we're not playing a ton of games. So anytime it's there's a game, regardless of it, if it's with a tournament or a standalone friendly like this, um, we want to win. Even if it's against each other in practice, we want to win. Oh, right. I'm so mad I lost today. <laughs> She's cross-checking. Yeah, you have to have the competitiveness. Yeah. But so a lot of little girls are going to see you guys and, and hopefully, you know, be inspired. But when you guys were growing up, who, who was it that inspired you? Who were your heroes and role models in the sport? Well, just... In, uh, in the early stages of my career, it was Chris Chelios. Uh, I was a Blackhawks fan, still am. You know, I grew up in the city of Chicago. The games yeah. weren't on TV, so we had to go to the United Center to see the Blackhawks play if you if you wanted to see them. Um, I met Kami Granado when I was seven years old, right after the 98 Olympic Games, and I held her gold medal, and that's when I turned to my parents and said, I want to go to the Olympics. Um, so it wasn't until I saw her that I really believed that I could go to the Olympics for hockey. I was in school during, you know, my elementary days, and people told me, girls don't play hockey. Why don't you just do what normal girls do? And it's not hockey. And I started to believe them because I didn't see another girl play hockey for so long. So I'm like, well, maybe they are right. Like, yeah. maybe I shouldn't play this sport. And then I went to Kami Granado's camp in the summer of 1998, and there were over 100 girls on the ice. And I just remember walking in there thinking to myself, girls play hockey yeah I can't wait to go back to school to tell all of the naysayers <laughs> that girls play hockey like I saw it I saw it and so just imagine a little Kendall just like running back shouting yeah. from the roof girls play <laughs> hockey that was basically it. what I did she still in, does that in my track suit yeah in my track suit that I probably wore every day in school I did shower but I you know I was I was that tomboy yeah. and um yeah, so it wasn't until I really saw Cammie and I saw her gold medal, I saw her Team USA stuff, and I realized, okay, girls win gold medals, boys win Stanley Cups. I want to do that. And it changed my life, and it it changed my life in the sense that I want to chase this dream. Yeah. And if I didn't meet her, I don't know if I'd still be playing hockey. Right. How Which about you, Kelly? Oh. Crazy to <laughs> All think about. Sorry, I'm so that glad that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I'm obviously fortunate from Minnesota. There's just so many – women's players that are local um i grew up going to go for games men and women um chrissy wendell was someone who was just always just i remember watching her i think in 2006 and Legend. just being yeah like she's just crazy <laughs> and um actually it was really cool my freshman year in our alumni game her line it was chrissy wendell natalie darwitz and erica mckenzie so that's two olympians and someone who's i think won a few world, world championships no big deal yeah and they're like they're still like really good like they're not old Right. Um, and I may have gotten dangled by one or multiple <laughs> of them. Um, wake up call right there. But, but yeah, just seeing them and now, like, we've done stuff where we coach Chrissy's kids, um, which That's is cool. And, and Winnie Brote, who is obviously huge in Minnesota as well. But um, Chrissy Wendell and Natalie Darwitz, they're just, I think, two huge role models um, for Minnesota. Like, they still are. And they're two players who I watched growing up a lot. And just very fortunate to be in a state and be in a place where yeah. – it's just so visible, and it go, goes back to Kendall's point where if you can see it, you can be it, um, and it's few and far bef between that people have that um, in their backyard like, like I did growing up. 
Yeah, well, it's crazy to think that 2018 was the first time in 20 years that the U.S. won a gold medal, the last time being in 1998 when you, Cami Granato, led the, the Americans to that, to that gold. Um, I mean, I think, I feel like for me, that's still fresh, thinking about it, the emotions of just watching you guys. I mean, for, for the two of you, does it, how does it feel, does it still feel fresh for you guys, like, thinking back on it, like, the, the whole experience? Uh, I don't know if fresh is the right word because we have still have so much work to do and we don't yeah. want to be satisfied by that gold medal that was two years ago. And, you know, we're focusing on the next opportunity and the next the next set of games, which are here this week in Pittsburgh. And, right. um, but, yeah, you do develop a confidence from that gold medal. And now that we know what it feels like, we know what we're chasing. And yeah. before, there was no one that won a gold medal on that roster. Yeah. And so we knew what it felt like to lose. I mean, Kelly did not. I did. Um, I've lost games before, but <laughs> not that game. But yeah. She was just undefeated in life. Yeah, that. I'm a winner. <laughs> but we now that we know what it feels like to win, we know what it takes to win, we can all take that away in, in the work that we do every single day with this program. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll never forget it, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I think every single day when – you see a kid and they ask to see your gold medal and it, you just see their eyes light up. You live vicariously through them in that moment. Right. You received it. And then you see yeah. them touching it and holding it for the first time and their eyes light up. And yeah. it kind of brings you back to how special it was when you saw it for the first time, but also so special to see what it's doing for others. And I think that's yeah. what our team has really taken to heart is how much this medal has impacted the growth of the game in the United States. How do you feel that it changed your lives personally after winning that Olympic gold? Yeah, I always say, honestly, that it didn't. I think um, hockey is something that we all do and we all love, but it's not who we are. Um, if at the end of the day, like, if my career ended tomorrow, like, it would be terrible and I would be heartbroken and all these things. But I also, like, I know that, like, who I am is more important than what I do. Exactly. Um, at the same time, like, I think, like, to Kendall's point as well, like, it's been really cool to see how it's impacted others. And that's what is still fresh, like those moments where, I mean, even now it's what, almost two full years later, which is that part is crazy yeah, to me. Yeah, that but is crazy when you say it like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, but so like to see those people that still will be like, like still think it's really cool. And I think all of us that were on that team, I don't think we really, like we're all the <laughs> type of people that don't dwell on it, that we're, we, we're what's next? What's next? What do we need to do? Like, let's get back to work, uh, back to the drawing board. How do we get better? That when we do like see those people that still like really value it yeah it reminds us to value it as well because it is important like it is it is great and it is awesome and it is validating to all the hard work you put in but yeah I think it's just it's not so much life-changing as it is like feels like there's kind of a moment of, like finally but also like yeah I earned this like we right. earned this together yeah yeah like when you tell people about like what your experience was if you know for me wondering what it's like what would you what do you tell people I would so in 20 yeah tw so I, I'll go back to my first ex Olympic residency experience in 2014 yeah. and I was I was I made it to the Olympic tryouts in 2010 I was one of 41 players I was the youngest player there I was cut and so you're of course disappointed and you look at yourself in the mirror and say you need to get better I need to get bigger I need to get faster I need to get stronger I wasn't good enough to be on that team and so four years later you know you're working hard and I think back, like, oh, I don't want to get cut again. And so I made the team. Obviously, we lost, got a silver medal. But throughout that year, there were so many times where you really had to challenge yourself because I realized 
this is a whole nother notch to make an Olympic team. Yeah. It's not a national team. This is something significantly different than a national team year. Yeah. And it was, it, it's exhausting mentally, physically. Um, but for us, it's the first time that we really get to focus on hockey. We're not working two jobs. We're not in school. We really get to be true professional hockey players. And I think that's what we cherish the most about the Olympic residency year is yeah. being able to be together, work on our little skills every single day like you see the NHLers do. Yeah. And um, playing with each other. Play with, yeah, play with each other. Like we all just got together here on Sunday night and we're trying to we're, – we're, we're piecing it together. <laughs> yeah. But it takes some time. So I think that's what – is what I noticed from an Olympic residency year was just how much more challenging it was mentally and physically yeah. than a traditional national team season. Yeah. Yeah. The Olympics as a whole, I think, like describing that scenario is it's really interesting because it's like it's like nothing else ever. Like unless you're in that scenario, you're like I it's hard to explain. But right. Like, it's just walking down. Like, you don't know who that person is from whatever country they're from. You're like, but they're great at what they do. Exactly. And, like, there's just that kind of feeling of being, like, you're w with the best, like, among the best, and you're one of the best as well. And, um, like, there's just, as a team, like what Kendall is saying, like, there our focus is just that much, like, more finely tuned. And everything is important when you're there, and obviously before, but it's even, like, it's all right there happening in front of your face. And um, we had a day that we're there, like, we got to we got to go to the opening ceremonies, um, which was really cool because I don't think you guys had gotten to go to your, the Olympics yeah. prior. So that part was really cool. It's just like feel like you're at the Olympics because otherwise, like we're in our bubble still. Like we still we go to the rink, we do our our routines, we, we yeah. go to the gym, like we do all of our normal routines. So to have those experiences where you got to kind of break out of like our bubble and into the Olympic bubble as a whole, yeah. that's what is also very cool. Still hard to explain, but. <laughs> And you're just representing your country. Yeah. Like yeah. You know there's a whole country behind you that they're not in front of you because you're, again, Kelly explained yeah. it perfectly, you're, <laughs> you're in this bubble. We were in Korea living the, you know, every minute that goes by, you're like, shoot, that went, that day went by so fast. Yeah. We only have, we're only here for three weeks. You, you dream about this moment your whole life, and it, the three weeks go by so fast, and then that yeah. final game, it, I mean, we made it as long as possible yeah. in a shootout, but that even went by fast. <laughs> And so you're just, you know, the fact that you're representing your country is just, there's no greater feeling than yeah. that, no greater honor than that. And I think, you know, we're all so blessed to be from America and having a brother in the Army personally, I just, you know, it's something I don't take lightly. And just to walk in with the United States of America yeah. in our delegation. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm just, not a crier, I almost cried. Yeah, it's just very cool. Oh, yeah. It's so surreal and just such a an amazing honor and I think an honor that none of us take for granted and we take so proudly and seriously yeah well it was an honor for us to watch you guys and, and now this week you're getting the chance to watch you like Mike Sullivan talks so much about you know the Penguins identity and how they want to play what would you say Team USA's identity is how do you guys want to play I know you're just starting to come together as a group um, but ideally what do you kind of hope to do I'll take the first one um, yeah. Kendall coin fast <laughs> no but it's it's speed with the puck and without the puck and I think when people think speed they think of like Kendall coin but it's also the speed of your thought and how fast you can move the puck because Kendall is very fast but we can still move the puck the puck faster than Kendall yeah. so that's I think just the first thing is always just playing at a, an extremely high level in terms of pace she nailed it <laughs> you have nothing else we don't play it any other way we like to keep the puck we like yeah. to possess the puck yeah we like to score goals. Yeah, and I think we have, our team is very, I personally think it's very cool the way it's made up, regardless of who's on the team at what certain point. I always feel like there's a great blend of types of players, and really, like, it's it's really cool when you see those moments where, like, each individual's flair kind of shines. 
Yeah, and what about types of personalities? Like, how would you guys kind of describe your team bond with each other? I mean, you've, you've gone through some intense experiences together, but you obviously have a lot of fun, too. Just, like, what's the, <laughs> the, the makeup of your team like? A lot of personalities. <laughs> no, we, I, I think we get along really well. And we're, besides an Olympic year, we're not together often. So even this Sunday when we all landed in Pittsburgh, you were like, hey, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on? We and saw each other, like, a, I think a week and a half ago in but, Chicago. But, yeah, oh, yeah, but we're still all, like, very, like, normal. Like, hi, guys. Like, what's up? Yeah. And we get, ex you know, we're, we all get excited to see each other. Yeah. Two of our teammates now have babies, so that's brought a different dynamic into the locker room. And their babies the babies are aren't in the locker room, though. Don't worry. No, they're not. But no. listening but to their stories. Yeah. 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 No, they're here. But they're but on their moms. Like, yeah. I'm not near being a mom, but it's fun to see them be moms. Yeah, and it brings a new reality as to what can be accomplished in women's hockey. Yeah. You know, you can become a mom and come back and play, and they've, they've showcased that. All right, guys, so back to the superlatives. We asked all of the Penguins players these on our media day, and we thought it would be fun to ask you guys because you guys are all so close on Team USA and have such a bond. So, competitive. So. And it's, yeah, and it's an awesome opportunity for us to get to know you um, girls a little bit better. So going to rapid-fire ask these. Whoever wants to answer first, you know, just we'll just go with the flow. Who is most likely to go on a reality show? Amanda Castle. <laughs> she already did. I know. <laughs> Cheater. Wait, Ann Kendall, you were on American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah. I yeah, she right needs away. to be better, though. She needs to get better for next time. Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, who's the life of the party? Megan Keller. Megan Keller, for sure. Or me and Kendall, but Megan Keller. <laughs> Kendall. <laughs> Kendall's second. I just make sure they're okay. Mom. Go Everybody on. needs, yeah. Everyone needs a mom of the group. Uh, who's the best singer? Best singer. Best singer. Well, Megan Duggan is currently she could sing not, i think annie, yeah, annie pankowski can kind of sing i, I think. she tried out for the voice megan duggan did yeah. wow annie pankowski annie pankowski i think is kind of a good singer okay if she's not like i think she can fake it perfect uh we already asked who's most likely to be a pro athlete in different sport that's you kelly okay. <laughs> <laughs> who is most likely to be a contestant on jeopardy amanda castle yeah I feel also, like she's good at yeah. TV shows. I mean, That's Kelly, I heard you have a finance background, so. But I, I don't know if that would translate I to trivia. The thing, I, no, I'm, I'm decent at trivia. I think Jeopardy, though, is like its own category. Yeah. I think if I got in like a good day of the Jeopardy. Yeah. That's maybe. Fair. Thank you for bringing me up, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. We'll say <laughs> Kelly Panic. I have random fact Kay. knowledge. Perfect. Uh, who's the biggest prankster? Hillary or Kessel? Or Keller or Hannah. They're all, all it's. All of them. Eyes peeled. Kessel sent a text out last night, be in this room. I would go, what yeah, what's is going on? Are we going to get water thrown in our <laughs> yeah. face? What's happening? Kess, Kess, I don't She's know always saw, up for a good one. Annie Pinkowski's birthday was the other day, and Kessel organized the, the pie face. That was her. So. Which is, like, hilarious because I feel like Phil's always on the receiving end. end of pranks, yeah. which is amazing. She keeps it light. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, and finally, opposite of that, who is the most serious? We don't have Alex Carpenter, maybe, but – but on top of that, if you get Alex Carpenter to laugh, you know you had a funny joke. I sat next to her during the Olympic year in the locker room, and she might hate me now because of it, but my goal is just to get her to laugh and smile. Is there I'm, any joke in particular you remember that, like, got her going? I don't know. I'm not much of a jokester, but it's more of, like, just a comment, like a running commentary. I think I got her a few times. Awesome. Kelly's much better at this than I am. <laughs> I feel like you guys, I don't know, there was – there was a bunch of them where you both just yeah. had the same person. We know so. our teammates well. I think, I mean, our group is so special. Like you said, Michelle, we've been through so much together, whether it was a boycott um, in 2017 of our world championships 
Um, you know, we're in a trying situation right now with our professional hockey landscape, and this group has stuck together through it all, and it's not been easy. But the fact that we're able to put the product on the ice that we do and we wear the many hats that we that we wear, whether right. it's advocating, it's it's boycotting, it's fighting, <laughs> it's, it's you know, being an, an elite athlete, uh, we've done it all. And this group has so much respect for each other because yeah. – We've been we've been through the trenches together, and so when we get out, out out on that ice, we're in our sanctuary. We're in the place where we don't need to fight anymore. We can just be ourselves, and we can just be a be a team. And it's the most fun part about what we do. So, um, you know, we're we're a really close knit team, and I think we all have the ultimate respect for each other, and that's why we're successful in what we do. Yeah, and I think. Just adding on top of that great statement by Kendall. But <laughs> I think, like, it just goes, like, there's just so much trust. And I think it's because of all the things we've gone through together and what we've persevered through and what we're still trying to fight for. Like, there's just so much trust. And at the end of the day, like, it helps us off the ice. And it helps us, I think, so much on the ice. And just to give people, like, a background of for the players that they'll see play this week that aren't in college, we're all over the United States. I'd say, let's back that up, Wade. We're all over – North America. Right we up. have players all over the place. And so, like Kelly said, the trust has to be there because you have to trust your teammates are doing their work every single day. We're not together. So every day I wake up, I'm by myself. I need to get on the ice. I need to get in the weight room. And so it's so reassuring when we finally do come together and see everything come to fruition because we're all working so hard on our own. And so it's it, they're long days. I mean, we, we grind it out every single day six days a week and so when we finally get to be with our team there's no greater feeling because i it, like we talked about the locker room situation it does get lonely it, yeah. get lo it gets lonely working out by yourself skating by yourself bringing your puck bag trying to find a coach trying to find constantly ice. trying to motivate yourself motivate yourself i mean that's that's our every single day for the opportunity to play in these two games to play in the rivalry series that's coming up and to earn a spot on the world championship team like that's what we have, and it's not it's it's not much. So every time you get to step on the ice together, it's very valuable. So I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I just want to maybe end by asking the two of you just what has you hopeful about the future of women's hockey? Because, yeah, we still have a long way to go, but there's a lot of progress that's been made. Um, and, and for fans that are listening that maybe haven't had a chance to watch a lot of women's hockey yet, like what do you want them to know about uh, the sport? I think just what they want to like what I want them to know is that we're good and it's not it's not saying we're better than the men we're different it's a different type of game and I think everyone who comes and watches us play they leave being like wow they're really good and I'm like yeah we are <laughs> um that and I think just the the hopeful side of me too like I just seeing how many people will come to a practice of ours and to these games that are very short notice and not you know the most planned out but people are still showing up and it's for those people that are still showing up and it's for the girls that we see walking around the rink like that's what has us hopeful that you know like something has to happen in our sport and women's hockey that is better than what we're doing right now and knowing that what we have is better than what was before us and that's my hope is or what's giving me hope is knowing that what's coming next has to be better than what we have right now yeah i mean kelly put it pretty perfectly but i the other thing i would add to that is I would love for fans to come out and watch us and realize that our game is just as entertaining as yes. the men's game. Whether yes. it's the skill, the speed, the rivalry, whatever it might be, the game is, is different, but it is just as entertaining. And we work just as hard um, to show our craft, to 
put the product that we do on the ice. And, um, you know, what makes me hopeful for the girls and women's game in the future is the number of girls that, and women that are now playing the game. Um, the numbers are greater than they've ever been. And there's a strong group of players, regardless of country medals, whatever, that are fighting so hard to leave this game better than when we entered it. And that group's going to be on the ice here this week, and they're all over the world. And we know that there's a landscape that needs to change in the women's game, and we're set out to change it. The sport is so lucky to have you guys. I know that you're some of my heroes, my inspirations, and I know that it's the same for, for girls and, and guys everywhere. So we're so happy you're here. I'm so happy you guys could join. We've had some good guests on the show, but I got to say for me, you're at the top of my list. Oh, so. thanks, Michelle. So that kind. means a lot. We <laughs> like to win. So bring it, next guest. Bring oh, it. Kind of will come after you. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. Yeah, Thank no you. problem. Thanks for having us. Overall, it was just an amazing week for women's hockey. These teams have one of the best rivalries in all of sports, not just hockey, all of sports, and it showed on the ice with both games being heated and highly competitive. Team Canada ended up sweeping the series, winning the first game 4-1 to and the second game 5-3. to And while Team USA didn't get the results they were hoping for on the ice, they had an amazing experience off the ice. They were so appreciative of the support they received from the Penguins and hockey fans in the area, and we can't thank them enough for going out being visible in the community, and inspiring the next generation with a number of different events. And I personally can't thank Kendall and Kelly enough for taking the time to sit down with me in this latest edition of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG.